0: Hi good people, and welcome to Black Women in Wellness, a podcast amplifying the voices of Black women working to create wellness in their communities. I'm your host and creator of this series, Rachelle Heath. And today I'm going to be sharing not an interview with you, but more of just a kind of casual sit down conversation that I had with my friend Celeste Lawson. So Celeste was born in Queens, New York and bred in Columbia, South Carolina, which she considers to make her from the best of both worlds. Celeste served in the US Army for four years, including a one-year deployment in Operation Iraqi Freedom. She is a proud mother of one 17-year-old daughter who is a national high school scholar, varsity volleyball player, and is currently being scouted by multiple college track and field teams. A born traveling expat at heart, Celeste relocated to Costa Rica during the pandemic to focus on veteran and mental health advocacy. Inspired by the Black Lives Matter movement in Costa Rica, Celeste strives to provide access to resources, community, and a safe space for black and brown girls to live unapologetically and with purpose. And one of the ways she does that is as the Black Girl Social Club chapter president for Costa Rica. Now, I met Celeste kind of by serendipity, I will say, because we both arrived in Costa Rica on the same day, (laughs) and uh, that was March 1st, but we actually didn't meet until around August, even though we were in the same neighborhood. But since meeting her and getting to know her, we have had some wonderful times together as friends, neighbors, and as members of the Black Girl Social Club. And one of the things we did recently was head over to a local farm to do Some volunteering. So this season, I'm really, really wanted to focus on food and wellness and one of the things that I am just fascinated by is farming and growing your own food. So having the opportunity to go and volunteer on a local farm with the Black Girl Social Club was amazing and it was so lovely to be able to do it with my sisters in the Social Club and just have that experience of really seeing what's possible here as far as what you can grow, um, what grows wild what you have to work towards. We did some work with composting and clearing the fields, but all of that's gonna come out in our conversation. So as I said, this is a little bit different than my normal interviews, because really it was just the two of us sitting down to talk about our experience and also talk about how we feel about having this new knowledge of how to grow food where we live. So I hope that this conversation will inspire you maybe to get your garden project off the ground. Um, Celeste also talks about a program that she's hoping to start in partnership with a nonprofit organization bringing young people here to Costa Rica to volunteer on the farm. So maybe that'll inspire you to get some people in your neighborhoods involved in growing food as well. So I will stop rambling about our conversation and just let you have a listen. Um, And I hope you enjoy it. And here goes. Hey, Celeste, I'm so glad that you uh, volunteered to come and have a chat with me today about uh, our day on the farm as a part of this food and wellness season that I'm doing. Um, But before we get into our conversation about the farm, um, I know you because you uh, introduced me to the Black Girl Social Club and you're the president of our Costa Rica chapter here. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that and your involvement with the Black Girl Social Club.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for inviting me, for having me. Um, so the Black Girl Social Club was founded in Atlanta, December 2019, and has really exploded through the pandemic. We're currently uh, about 65 chapters worldwide, about 1,200 members, 167,000 followers on Instagram. So. This was something that took everyone by surprise. (laughs) Um, As we shared, you and I got here on the same day (laughs) in Costa Rica, March 1st, but we didn't meet until September. (laughs) And so that's kind of the um, force behind starting the local chapter here, just really finding that community of Black women living unapologetically outside of the U.S. and just building that community here.
0: Awesome. Thank you. So we are in beautiful Playa's del Coco, uh, Costa Rica, in the Guanacaste region, and we've done a lot of really cool things with Black Girls Social Club, but the reason I wanted to have you on today is that we recently did some volunteering on a local farm. So I was wondering if you could tell the audience a little bit about the farm and the farm project.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it was a very exciting day. It's actually part of a partnership we're working with what they um, – local charity in Dallas, which um, I'll have to get back to you in that specific name of. But essentially what they are looking to do is to create a mentorship for Black girls in the U.S. to come to Costa Rica and have an, a culture experience outside of the U.S., outside of their hometowns. And one of the events that they'll be doing during the week here is working on a local farm. Um, and that's what we did that day. So We were, what, planting, potting, removing weeds, compost. So it's going to be exciting when the girls are here just to experience that and just get out of their comfort zones.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to talk about food and wellness, specifically farming for this season, is that... With COVID hitting, a lot of people have started to go back to victory gardens and small kitchen gardens and and really paying attention to the food that they're growing in a way that we haven't done before. So I'm wondering why you think or, or why you thought and why you may still think um, it's important to have that element of uh, service and volunteering and cultural experience for Black women and even for yourself.
1: Yeah. So I love the foundation of what this farm is doing. So essentially they started this farm as a way to bring in the local community and teach them how to farm for themselves and whatever they till, they can actually take home with them. So it's not just feeding them, but actually teaching them and it's that whole, you know, give a man a fish, <laughs> he'll eat for a day, but teach him and he'll eat for a lifetime. So I love the idea of that. And then not only with the Black Girls Social Club and what we're going to be working with the mentoring girls, they get a better understanding of what it's like to see cultures that may not be as privileged as they are in the U.S. Yes, there's a lot of poverty and hunger in the U.S., but when you get to... Um, I don't want to say third world countries, but less, yes, developing countries. It's completely different, but privileged in a way to where they have more opportunities to have fresh produce and cleaner environment than we do in the U.S. So I like the the dichotomy there.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and I also think it, it's important just to know where your food is coming from, right? We're so disconnected from where our vegetables come from and where our, our meats come from. And we're out of season with a lot of things as well. So when you're in that farm environment, you get the chance to actually see how things grow and when they grow. And I'm wondering, like, was this your first time having an experience on a farm or do you have, had you had experiences before and what were those?
1: so i grew up in south carolina just like you <laughs> on a small farm well we had about five acres but we didn't use much, most of it for farming but we did um during the summers we had a pecan tree we planted watermelon um strawberries we had chickens goats we didn't have cows or anything like that <laughs> so yeah in my childhood we had some farming experience and then as I traveled in the military, got away from that. So it was really cathartic for me to be on the farm that day and just work in the ground. I had a good time, I would do it again.
0: Yeah, I feel like um, most folks from South Carolina, maybe I shouldn't say most, but I had a very similar upbringing. My grandfather has a farm and we grew up with corn and watermelon and all of those things. And you know, it was really wonderful to have that kind of connection um, and lots of memories around it, especially in summertime, it's corn and watermelon. That's like my uh-huh. <laughs> memories of summer, right? So you said that you would like to come back, but I'm also wondering, like, what were some takeaways that you got from your experience on the farm that you might try and incorporate into your, your, your own life?
1: I would say that it's, for me, I tend to feel like I get my best thinking done near the water, But now I feel like it's just in nature in general. So just getting out in the dirt or the water, just getting in nature is healing and soothing for me. So I would say that was probably my biggest
0: takeaway. Yeah, I would agree. I think that, you know, while we were working there, it just it's hard work. <laughs> you know, there's there's no, I, I think we can get into that romanticization space space about farming, but it is hard work. And um, we all kind of walked away with a few bruises. But um, at the same time, you do get that connection to the soil and that connection to green space, which is so healthy for you. Um, and I'm wondering now that you've had an experience here on a local farm, because you are living here now, do you feel like you might might want to start propagating some of your own plants.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, that's something I was added to my list when I look for places to live. Do they have a space where I can do some small gardening? I'm not quite at the green thumb yet, but not exactly a black one either.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, same. I've got a few plants out front, and uh, if I don't kill them, I'm happy. <laughs> and I'm not necessarily looking for them to thrive either, but you know, we'll see what happens um so you did say that you were looking to maybe return to the farm and and on your second trip now that you've had you know kind of an orientation of what they they're doing there and you've gotten to know the people there what are your hopes for a second visit or maybe repeat visits when you go back
1: oh i probably wouldn't work as hard (laughs) because i was like really clearing fields (laughs) so um Just more intention. Um, I feel like the first time I was there, in my mind, I had this idea of trying to clear the whole field in the three hours that we allotted for it. (laughs) And so just being more intentional about the work and not the completion of the work. And I feel like that's a metaphor for my life, just enjoying the now and the
0: journey and not be focused so much on the end result. I think that is a very good strategy to have. <laughs> um, I too kind of fell into that trap where I was just going really hard at it, not thinking about the fact that we were going to be there for a while, <laughs> but also that, you know, you're not going to get it all done in three hours, but you can, you know, try and make the most of that situation while you're there. So this was for the Black Girl Social Club, but you also are looking to bring some young people into this space. And I'm wondering if You know, not every young person is going to be able to join into this program. But for someone who's looking to maybe bring some youth into a farming space, what are some suggestions or advice that you would give them for kind of trying to get kids motivated to want to come and work in these kinds of spaces and learn about where the food comes from?
1: Definitely have all supplies, (laughs) water, sunscreen, bug repellent um snacks (laughs) so just being prepared um i would say maybe a prep the day before to just kind of um do some research with them online so they kind of have an expectation of what they're going to encounter and just really having a structure and a plan so that they don't get bored and everyone knows what they're responsible for what their tasks are that would be my suggestion
0: Yeah. And I think a really, really important one is understanding what to bring because water, (laughs) you need water. You absolutely need to make sure that you've got some snacks there. Because I think another thing that people don't realize is when you're out on the land, you're not near anything but the land. (laughs) So unless you've grown something that you can pick and eat at that point in time, you kind of sort of, on your own. Um, So kind of orienting them to what it's like to really be like away from city and facilities and and also exactly technology (laughs) and also understanding that that's not a bad thing. It's just a different thing and you have to adapt. Um, So, you know, we know that we need to have start having different conversations about our food supply and how we're using resources. And and part of that comes from having experiences like the farm experience. But I'm wondering if you have some other ideas about things that we can pay attention to as far as where our food is coming from and the kind of food that we're consuming after we kind of get the information we need to start growing food.
1: I do not. (laughs) (laughs) okay that is a very valid question um I feel like this is where my lack of experience being in the U.S. is because it's like you said it's very hard to understand where exactly your food is coming from um and now that we're here it seems a little bit easier but it, it does take a lot of research if you're not growing it yourself to figure out where your food is coming from. Um, because, you know, even the sustainable or the grass fed stuff isn't really that great either. So that's a hard one.
0: Yeah, it is. And I, I think it's something that we just have to be in constant conversation about, you know, um, awareness goes a long way as far as like making sure that we are having the highest quality foods and the most sustainable ones. Right. So, moving on to more of a fun question, you've had some time on the farm, you've seen what's possible to grow here, and this is a tropical space, so we have things growing wild as well. What would your dream garden look like here in Costa Rica?
1: Collard greens. I'm serious.
0: (laughs) I know you're serious. (laughs) I love that it was just the one word. You're just going to have a fu- of acres of collard greens. Yeah. Yeah, be killing. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, your dream garden is going to have collard greens. Is, is there going to be a patch of anything else?
1: Uh, a mango tree would be nice. Uh, let's see what else. I did not know that. Um, pineapples grow like in plants like I thought they grew on trees or something so that was interesting to find out here uh let's see some herbs you know like mint and I love fresh parsley and rosemary is about to say it in Spanish
0: (laughs) that's okay we can translate
1: yeah but mostly collard greens (laughs)
0: All right, so collard greens, mango, and some herbs. And do you have any, like, go-to recipes for, like, fresh veggies or fresh fruits that you want to share with folks?
1: Well, you know, I'm not much of a veggie eater, but I'm getting there. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't like fresh vegetables. Um, Maybe Tiffany in our group is right. Maybe it's just because of where I've eaten them so that's to be continued. We'll get back to that.
0: <laughs> All right. So maybe after you get your dream garden of collard greens and mangoes and herbs, you'll you'll have some things <laughs> to share with us. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and talking to me about uh, the farm and your experience there. And are there any like final notes that you want to give to folks about farming or about growing food?
1: Um, I would say don't knock it till you try it.
0: Yeah, I think that's good advice for just about anything, right? Try it, see how it goes. If your first attempt isn't all that great, try a different tack. Um, And what what I love about gardening is that there's so many different ways to approach it. So you can go low budget with just a couple of pots and some seeds that you propagate from things that you already have around your home, or you can go out and, you know, buy fencing and stakes and you know, all the whole nine and just (laughs) go crazy. Right. You don't, you don't have to um, go all out if you don't want to. So, all right. Well, I thank you very much for coming and chatting with me about the day on the farm. And, um, is there anything else you want to share maybe about the Black Girls Social Club or anything that you've got coming up that we should know about?
1: Um, I would just say check us out on Instagram at the Black Girls Social Club. Um, you can see an overview of all the chapters and all the fun, great things that we're doing with Black women across the world. And as far as upcoming I would just say we're looking forward to our um, next service project for a Community Food Drive in December in Dominical. And so if anyone is um, would like to participate or um, donate to that, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Miss Celeste Lawson. That's C-E-L-E-S-T-E-L-A-W-S-O-N.
0: Yeah, and I'll make sure I put all your contact information in the show notes as well so that folks can reach out and donate. We are in the season of food drives right now. So especially considering what COVID has kind of done to many people (laughs) um, as far as income and employment is concerned, that's something that we can all be looking to find ways to contribute towards in our own way. Um, So we'll definitely put that information in the show notes. And uh, thanks again for coming and chatting with me. I had such a great time just sitting down and chit-chatting with Celeste about our trip to the farm, uh, the Pro Huerta Farm in Guanacaste. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it and you get some inspiration to maybe get out and grow some things yourself. And I will make sure that I have in the show notes the link to Pro Huerta, which is the farm where we went today, and also to the Black Girls Social Club, because that was what brought us to this volunteer moment. And, you know, right. Now we're all looking for spaces where we can find safe community for, you know, us. And uh, the Black Girl Social Club is a wonderful space for that to happen. They have chapters all over the United States and in different parts internationally as well. So definitely tap into that if you're looking for a great group of women to get involved with black women to get involved with um and also i want to remind you all that we are still looking for folks to interview for season two i'm still looking for folks to interview for season two so if you're someone who works with food and wellness whether you're a farmer or a chef or um dietitian or someone who works as a food activist to make sure that people have access to healthy foods, I would love to talk to you. And you can contact me directly at blackwomeninwellness at gmail.com or you can leave a voice message here on our anchor site and I will get back to you there. And on a completely unrelated note, I am recording this on November 7th and I just found out that the count is in for us folks from the United States and we have a new president. So for those of you who were hoping for some change to come our way, I know I was banging that tambourine. Um, I am celebrating with you today. Uh, We all know that the work that needs to be done doesn't stop when we get a new president, but you know, there is a great deal of joy in this moment knowing that a transition and a change is coming. And uh, I am just so delighted to see that uh, this is a catalyst for good and um, that we are moving in a good direction. And mind you, the people who do the work of uplifting and advocating for Black people and people of color have been doing that work before this election and will continue to do that work. And so, you know, that has not changed, Um, but this is a joyful moment and uh, I'm I'm really excited about what's to come. So with that said, folks, I'm gonna sign off. Um, Be safe and be well.